You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to conference coverage highlights from the Alliance for Continuing Medical Education 36th Annual Conference held January 26th through January 29th in San Francisco. I'm your host, Lawrence Sherman, Senior Vice President, Educational Strategy at Prova Education, and the host of Lifelong Learning on ReachMD. I'd like to welcome Dr. Robert Adelton to the program. Bob is the Executive Vice President at Physicians Institute in Atlanta. Welcome, Bob. Thanks, Lawrence. Glad to be here. Thanks for asking me. You know, what we're trying to figure out here is what some of the folks that have been attending the sessions here feel were the most important takeaway points from the meeting this year. Mm -hmm. What I'm hearing is this increased focus on bringing the tools of continuing education to the practice, making it relevant to the physician and the team of healthcare providers that's taking care of the patient. So I think a lot of the topics here have just sort of organically moved in that direction with no particular focus from the alliance to make it happen, but that's what's rising to the top. So we're looking at this systems-based learning, team-based learning, organizational learning. We just sat in on a session where it was multidisciplinary or interdisciplinary education. So that's really what you're feeling coming out of it? Yeah, that's what I'm feeling. One of the sessions that, that I did focused on the quality improvement tools, not in a high-level discussion of what quality improvement is, but if you want to do this work, and it was talked about in the interdisciplinary session that you just referred to, how do you go about starting a process, and what do you do to kick it off? Well, I'll take that one step further. Bob, how do you define quality and CME in the first place? Oh, quality and CME. I think quality and CME, we can define it sort of backwards from results. It takes a a thorough analysis of what you're trying to achieve and then looking at what's missing and filling that gap, making a correction. Let's go along these lines a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you think the quality of CME overall has improved since maybe you and I first met? Oh, since those many years ago? Yes, I think it's definitely improved. And In what ways has it improved? Well, I think there are a lot of different techniques, you know, in our our CME toolbox. You know, the old saw about if you only have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Well, we only had one hammer, you know. Um, Carpenters use a lot of different kinds of hammers. Now they're not only just hammers, but they're screwdrivers and saws and other things in our toolbox. Uh, There's a greater awareness on the part of, I think, not just a few, not just the elite few, some people might describe it, but overall in CME, people have an awareness now that I could do this in a case-based way. I could do this in a team-oriented way. I could do this in a didactic way. Maybe we need to use video. People are talking about simulated patients now, you know, in CME. We never heard that until just recently. You know, it's interesting because most of our listeners are practicing docs. So how would you take what we learned at this conference this year and give maybe two or three take-home points for the practicing docs that are listening to us? Well, I think one of the challenges of the practicing doc in the future is to really start looking at his practice as a learning organization. And so while the physician is used to looking at various learning modalities in their practice, be it web-based or journal-based or some other kind of fashion, I don't think that they have really been thinking about 
the learning needs of the other people within their practice that has a lot to say about the quality of care delivered to the patient. And so I think the challenge is to take some of these new learning modalities that are coming to the physician and figuring out a way to expand that to their practice team. Well, I'd like to thank you for joining us today, Bob. It was good to see you as always. My very great pleasure. Same here. Now joining us is Jan Balmer, uh, the immediate past president of the Alliance for Continuing Medical Education. Nice to see you, Jan. Thank you so much. It seems like it was just a year ago we were sitting across from one another talking about the impact of the Alliance's annual meeting on practicing physicians. How do you think things have changed from last year to this year? Oh, I think there have been huge changes, absolutely huge changes. I think that the awareness of physicians practicing in the workplace environment, I think it has caught hold and we're really looking at interprofessional education or transprofessional education where you really are looking at healthcare finally as a team sport and that the education truly has to be consistent with that framework. We just did a session, in fact, on multidisciplinary, interdisciplinary education. We had some interesting conversation with the participants in that we need a framework and definitions because there was some overlapping and curious concern over the difference between interprofessional, multiprofessional. But what we all came away from it with was, hey, we need to teach the way medicine is practiced, not the way we used to teach. So I right. think you're and spot on. And I would on. say to you, it's not even the way medicine is practiced. It's the way healthcare is practiced and the way healthcare is delivered. And multidisciplinary has been primarily a term used mostly in the physicians for physician specialists, radiologists and cardiologists and oncologists, where interprofessional was primarily developed as a nursing and allied healthcare professional term. And there's actually about 40 years of research associated with interprofessional education. This group here this week has talked about it being transprofessional. I think we're going to have to do some definition of terms. I think we've got to find out what resonates with the larger healthcare community because it's not just about any one sector. And so those terms are going to have to be consistent across the board. Putting on your looking glass for a second, what do you think CME 2015 will look like? It's not that far off anymore, No, it's not that far off. I think I have to put it in a framework of what I hope. I hope that we see that physicians are finally back to having the opportunity to do the things that they want and love to do in terms of the delivery of healthcare and that they are able to build long-term relationships with their patients because they are supported and contribute to a team environment that gives everyone the opportunity to do that. And does that create opportunities for the practicing physicians to be active participants in their CME? They have to be. They can no longer be passive learners. The maintenance of licensure movement, the maintenance of certification movement, the outcomes measurement, the pay for performance, accountable care organizations. I mean, pick a topic. All of them are focused on competence and quality of care. And the expectation of the public at large is that those metrics will be available and transparent. And we as the CME community and the continuing education community have a unique set of skills to bring to this table that can actually help this transpire. Anything else you'd like to add? 
I love this stuff. I love these topics. They're incredibly important. Well, I think that's right. And I think that the leaders of CME today and the leaders of CME tomorrow have to have the shared passion and understanding of our learners so that we can make it better for them. Absolutely. And the other thing is, is that we as continuing education and CME professionals have to take our own continuing professional development responsibility at the same level. And I would say to the physicians that listen to this series that if you go and someone is only interested in your disclosure form and not interested in engaging about what you believe is important in terms of improving care and education, then you need to ask them the same kinds of questions and hold their feet to the fire as well. With that, Jen, I'd like to thank you for joining us again. This was a great conversation, and uh, maybe we'll do it again next year. Sounds terrific. Thank you so much. If you've just joined us, you're listening to conference coverage highlights from the 36th Annual Alliance for CME Conference. I'm Lawrence Sherman, your host. Now joining us is Dr. George Mexicano, who has recently taken over as president of the Alliance for Continuing Medical Education. Good to see you, George. Great to see you, Lawrence. How are you? Doing very well, thank you. What we're doing here is we're just sort of talking to some people who've had the opportunity to sit through some of the sessions, and you bring an interesting perspective for several reasons. One, you're the president and you've been a director member for a while. You're a practicing physician, which I think is important, and you've been a planner of this conference. So if you look at it, what we're trying to figure out is, from the practicing physician perspective, what are the important takeaways from this meeting this year as opposed to previous meetings? I think there are several pieces that are important, and I'm going to split them up, if you will, in terms of learnings and also then trajectory of the organization. In terms of learning, I think there are two major themes that I've seen. The first is the emergence of maintenance of licensure as a significant force. The plenary by Dr. Hank Chowdhury from the Federation of State Medical Boards was simply superb. And Dr. Chowdhury shared with all of the learners here that the FSMB is moving forward, but it's going to be done in a way for clinicians that will be as minimally burdensome as possible while still reassuring the public and making sure that they maintain their mission of public safety. Maintenance of licensure is here. However, there are 70 jurisdictions that have licensing authority, and the FSMB has approved, if you will, a pathway for those licensing authorities to then act over the next, hopefully, let's say, two to ten years, depending on their individual state mandates and how ready they are to move forward. That would be, I think, number one. The second thing I would say is the emergence of social media. I've been very impressed. This is from a learner perspective. The interest, the uptake of social media within the uh, learners that are here. There were, for example, seven terrific pilots that were shared at the medical education company's uh, section. And there was tremendous interest. And we're seeing that the power and the impact, not only from a marketing perspective, in other words, let's get learners, but also a bi-directional communication, learners and even patients being able to provide information back to medical educators on how to improve practice. So that, I think, has been tremendous. And from an organizational perspective, of course, I'm very excited and very pleased about the new vision 
mission and the strategic imperatives of the alliance. And those have tremendous implications, I think, for physicians as well as medical educators. Yeah, I had the opportunity to talk with Dr. Chaudhry at length about MOC, MOL, CME, and the confluence of the three. And the reality is, I think, as you put it, it's here to stay. And if we make it easier for the physicians, right, so the people who are listening to us right now, to realize that participation in certain activities can meet and, you know, let them hit the tick boxes for several things at once, and it really does result in improved practice, you know, everybody wins, right? Exactly, exactly. But we need, we need to make sure that it's credible, and we need to make sure that it's easily transferable. Those are some significant challenges, but I'm confident that over the next few years that we'll work out systems such that a physician who is working, let's say, on an asthma improvement pathway, that work, if you will, will count for CME credit, but it will also count for maintenance of certification, maintenance of licensure, and perhaps even joint commission OPPE standards. That's ongoing professional practice uh, evaluation. Right, and if you think about it, practice today is very different than practice when you graduated. That's correct. So what I think you're saying is we are in medical education trying to work to make practice today as easy and relevant educationally as it can be, and I think that's an important point. And it's good to hear that the Alliance has that in their mission. Absolutely. And the other parts about the mission that I want to emphasize are that we've traditionally been focused on education or learning And I think that we have now embraced fully collaboration and advocacy, and I think that's also very important. Advocacy for physician learners, advocacy for medical educators, and not just medical educators, but now interprofessional educators, interprofessional learning, so pharmacists, nurse practitioners, nurses, PAs, nutritionists, dentists. It really is, medicine is now is a team sport. Maybe we better said healthcare is a team sport. And we need to move into the 21st century and realize that people learn in teams. And what's also interesting is that there is a, a little bit of a disconnect right now where credit and certification and licensure is still at the individual level. And yet many of the measures that matter, the impact, if you will, comes from a team or a system level. And we need to bridge the, that, that gap. The organization wants to be inclusive. We want to expand our products and services. And we definitely want to make sure that all health professionals receive the educational tools that will help them be optimal practitioners for the health of the public. Well, from a member's perspective, it's working. Thank you so much. George, thanks for joining us. Take care. This has been conference coverage highlights from the 36th Annual Alliance for CME Conference. I'm Lawrence Sherman on ReachMD XM160. ReachMD online, on demand, and on air. Visit us at ReachMD.com, and thank you for listening.